0: They've decided to burn it all down with us inside. That should scare you to no end as much as it scares an aging volunteer fireman. You know things are weird when that's how Brian Williams ends his long career at NBC News. From Pacifica Radio, this is the broadcast. It's heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in Los Angeles. Elsewhere in California on KFOI Red Bluff Redding, KKRN Round Mountain, KGOE in Eureka. In Oregon on KYAQ on the Central Coast, KSO in Cottage Grove, KEPW in Eugene. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania, WLRI, Maui, Hawaii, KAKU, Columbus, Ohio, WGRN. Palinville, New York, WLPP, Rochester, New York, WRFZ, New Orleans, WHIV, Gallup, New Mexico, KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire, WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas, KPSQ, in Seattle, Washington on KODX, Janesville, Wisconsin, WADR, Minneapolis, St. Paul, AM950, KTNF, and coast to coast and around the globe, streaming on the internets on the Progressive Voices channel, Netroots Radio, Radio for Humans, FYI Nation, Nicole Sandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, No Lies Radio, Verdant Square Radio, and Detour Talk. (gasps) Blanketing the globe five days a week, usually hosted by Brad Friedman of bradblog.com, with an assist from Desi Doyen. But today, you got me. I'm Nicole Sandler. I host a show, a daily show, at NicoleSandler.com, and I'm in for Brad and Desi today because, well, they're getting their COVID booster shots. Hopefully, they'll be reaction-free and back with you in time for the next episode of the broadcast. I know I felt pretty fluish after my Moderna booster, but I'd do it again for the immunity. So, this past week, the open enrollment period for Medicare ended on Tuesday. Like you, I'm bombarded with the ads for Medicare Advantage plans, as it seems that they've been pushing those harder than ever before. And now we learn of a new scheme to pull people from the traditional Medicare programs and put them into instruments known as direct contracting entities. So today I'll share with you an interview I conducted with Diane Archer of JustCareUSA.org. She'll explain everything you need to know about Medicare Medicare Advantage, and then she'll tell us what she's been able to uncover about this fledgling direct contracting program and why it's so troubling. And for those of us still not of Medicare age, open enrollment for insurance under the Affordable Care Act or Obamacare is still in progress. If you haven't checked out healthcare.gov or your state exchange, if you have one, recently, Go do it now. President Biden's pandemic relief package that passed shortly after he took office lowered our prices a lot. You can get an ACA compliant health insurance policy for a lot less money now thanks to these new government subsidies. So take advantage of it. All right. More on that a little later. My interview with Diane Archer is coming up. But first, a quick look at the latest news. We'll begin with the Supreme Court. Who weighed in Friday morning on the abortion cases before it? In basic terms, here's what happened. Eight of the nine justices, that would be all but Clarence Thomas, agreed that the Texas abortion clinics can proceed with their lawsuits against certain executive officials in Texas. All right. Four of them said the attorney general and certain court clerks can also be sued. Okay. And then they sent it back to the lower courts while leaving the obviously unconstitutional vigilante enabling law in effect. Justice Sonia Sotomayor was joined by the other so-called liberals on the bench, Stephen Breyer and Elena Kagan, in a dissent clarifying their disapproval of the court's failure to stop this law altogether. She wrote, in part, quote, the court should have put an end to this madness months ago before SB-8 first went into effect. It failed to do so then, and it fails again today. By foreclosing suit against state court officials and the state attorney general, the court effectively invites other states to refine SB-8's model for nullifying federal rights. The court thus betrays not only the citizens of Texas, but also our constitutional system of government. We'll get the full decisions from the Supremes, As usual in June. Now for some other news. President Biden on Thursday called on fellow world leaders participating in the first White House Summit for Democracy to lock arms to show that democracies can deliver progress better than autocracies. Biden said global democratic institutions are under assault and he called for leaders everywhere to step up efforts to strengthen them.
1: Democracy doesn't happen by accident.
0: We have to renew it with each generation. And this is an urgent matter on all our parts, in my view, because the data we're seeing is largely pointing in the wrong direction. The video gathering came as the US and key allies are warning Russia that it'll face strong sanctions if it invades Ukraine. Russia and China who were not invited to participate, accused the Biden administration of trying to, quote, stoke up ideological confrontation and a rift in the world with a Cold War mentality. The COVID roller coaster is on its way up, and it's like deja vu all over again. Nationally, COVID-19 hospitalizations have increased 40% from a month ago, and in some places it's even worse, like Michigan, where hospitalizations jumped 88% 88% in the past month with a disturbing new trend. Younger and younger people are dying. Meanwhile, the FDA has authorized the Pfizer vaccine for use as a booster in people ages 16 and 17. Another loss for the former guy. Aww. a federal appeals court denied Trump's effort to block his white house records from being released to the house select committee investigating the January 6th insurrection. That decision sets up an emergency Supreme Court review. The judges saying that Trump had given them no reason to override President Biden's decision not to invoke executive privilege to keep the documents secret. They said the White House and Congress agreed there was a legitimate need for the documents because the rioters, who sought to prevent lawmakers from certifying Trump's loss to Biden, threatened the peaceful transfer of power and said, quote, there's a direct linkage between the former president and the events of the day. So there's a two-week stay on the decision, allowing the former guy's attorneys a chance to appeal to the Supreme Court. Stay tuned. Another crisis averted. The Senate on Thursday passed a bill temporarily changing the chamber's rules to prevent a filibuster so that Democrats could raise the debt ceiling with a simple majority vote, preventing a potentially catastrophic default. The House had already approved the measure on Tuesday, so it now goes straight to President Biden for his signature. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said passing the one-time rule change was crucial to help avoid the prospect of a catastrophic, calamitous default on our sovereign debt. Well, a London High Court has ruled that Julian Assange should be extradited to the U.S. to face espionage charges and a potentially lengthy prison sentence. The ruling was based on an appeal by the U.S. government against a British court's previous refusal to extradite Assange. After assurances from Washington that the WikiLeaks founder would be treated fairly before and after trial, the court ruled that he should be flown to the U.S. The U.K. Home Secretary will have the final say on whether or not to extradite him. Washington lawyers have floated the suggestion that he could return to Australia to serve any sentence. Though in reality, that would all be up to the judge overseeing the case. Starbucks workers in upstate New York voted to form the first union inside the coffee chain's U.S. corporate-owned stores. The victory suggests that Starbucks will be expected to sit down and bargain with at least a couple of dozen of its more than 200,000 U.S. employees. That's the way to do it, unlike what Kellogg's is doing. And after a majority of U.S. employees of the Kellogg company voted against a proposed five-year contract, the company announced it would fire and replace the 1,400 employees who went on strike more than two months ago. Kellogg workers walked off the job on October 5th at four plants in Battle Creek, Michigan, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Memphis, Tennessee, and Omaha, Nebraska, after the company and the union were unable to reach an agreement on the terms of a new contract. According to the union, Kellogg's threatened to send jobs to Mexico, though company officials deny that claim. But now, members of Reddit have coordinated to flood Kellogg's application system and thwart their attempt to hire scabs to take those jobs. The Redditors are flooding the system with realistic fake job applications. One of them wrote a program which uses random data to submit bogus applications 24 hours a day. And yes, they crashed the whole thing. And finally, from the it took you three years to figure that out files, an investigation by the House Oversight Committee shows that pharmaceutical companies raised prices of common brand drugs during the past five years, by nearly four times the rate of inflation, using drug pricing practices that are, quote, unsustainable, unjustified, and unfair. Yeah, as if we didn't already know that. Okay, so what do you do with that information? Just asking. And in order to get those drugs, you need good insurance. That's a segue to our next segment. Stick around. Up next, a conversation with Diane Archer, everything you needed to know about medicare but didn't know to ask i'm nicole sandler your guest host today on the broadcast
1: well maybe we all get misled we see this poster on was a threat they use conspiracy theories just to It's not needle pricks to be scared about It's the ones who put this nonsense out subside and it's mistaken Have the new job Have the new job
0: Welcome back to the Bradcast. I'm Nicole Sandler filling in for Brad and Desi, who are getting their COVID booster shots today. So it's a good time to talk about health care, one of the biggest issues facing us today. Now the Medicare open enrollment period officially ended on Tuesday, but you can still make some changes in a special period that runs from January to March. So I thought the interview that I did on my show last Monday with Diane Archer of JustCareUSA.org is still pertinent. And there's lots of information that no one else is telling about what Medicare Advantage really is. And then there's another new scheme to privatize Medicare known as direct contracting that pretty much nobody is talking about. But we thought you should know, because the more you know, you know. Joining us on the line now is Diane Archer. Diane Archer is the president of Just Care USA and is the senior advisor on Medicare to our friends at Social Security Works. Um, Diane, I actually just learned of you last week. I was reading a piece about Medicare Advantage, which I've known for a long time as fraught with problems. And I find there's yet another program that started in the last month of the Trump administration that for some reason the Biden administration is continuing and it's even worse than Medicare Advantage. It's called direct contracting. Yes,
1: uh, there is this new program. And I think maybe what we should do is start by maybe explaining the differences between traditional Medicare, the government administered program, and Medicare Advantage, which is administered by private health insurers.
0: Perfect. And then go into what the... And then go
1: into, yes. yes. so. Um, I think that a lot of folks are seeing on TV ads, (laughs) luring them into Medicare Advantage. You know, you're going to get that free lunch you never thought you would get. Oh, my God.
0: And and more than that, they will give you, you know, a gym membership, no copay um, stuff. They're going to pay for meals for you. They're going to drive you to the doctor and they're going to deposit one hundred and forty four dollars a month. Back into your social security check. I You're mean, right. it's, it's the Brooklyn
1: Bridge they're promising. Oh it's my goodness! Right, yeah. it's it's a little insane. And the reality is that it isn't everything that they would like you to believe <laughs> it is. And I start by saying, when you pick health insurance, the big question you want to answer is, will it meet my needs? my healthcare needs, and my financial needs Mm -hmm. when I get really sick, when I have cancer or heart disease, or I get hit by a car and have several broken bones? Is it going to be there for me? Am I going to be able to see the doctors I want to see, use the hospitals I want to use? If I move in with a family member in another part of the country who needs to take care of me, will I be able to get coverage there? And what am I going to have to pay out of pocket? Right. And if you can answer that question, that your needs are met, then you know that you're in the right health insurance. So with traditional Medicare, the government administered program, the good news is you can go to just about any doctor. You can go to just about any hospital and you will get the care that your hospital and your doctor and you agree you need. However, there is a big catch. You need to buy supplemental coverage. And that's that coverage the gap helps, policy, right? It's, the gap. it's it, Yes. And some people actually get that gap filled. And the gap is the coinsurance and deductibles that do come with Medicare, no matter which Medicare plan you pick. Um, But if you're in the government traditional Medicare program, which is the one you're automatically enrolled in, if you don't sign up for anything else, then um, you need to fill that gap. And so Medicaid fills it. Sometimes former employers fill that with retiree coverage and then sometimes you need to go buy it. And if you are going to buy it, it can easily cost $2,500
0: a year. Sometimes less. Sometimes more.
1: Sometimes less and sometimes more. But once you've bought it, you and your family can sleep well at night knowing that you need care. You don't have to think about the cost. Maybe there'll be some nominal cost depending upon the plan you pick, but nominal. Most of the gaps in coverage will be filled. And you don't have to worry about, you know, whether you're going to be able to afford your care or getting bills that you that that, collection agencies coming after you'll you be covered. So it's a much better program. So long as you have supplemental coverage, you see the doctors you want, hospitals you want, and your care is basically covered with the supplemental coverage. But that supplemental coverage charge is not insignificant. no. I understandably lots of people with Medicare say, gosh, I would just like to avoid paying that. And then they hear from these Medicare advantage plans and the Medicare advantage plans say, you don't need supplemental coverage. And we'll give you a gym membership, but that's actually not the full story because while it's true that there is no supplemental coverage available for you to buy and there is an out of pocket cap, the out-of-pocket cap can be as high as $7,000 or seventy-five fifty dollars actually this year. And um, it averages about $5,000. So
0: th- that is what your your out-of-pocket maximum. So you could be forced to pay that much money. You need a gap policy with traditional Medicare.
1: Absolutely. Be- right. Because otherwise you're at financial risk. Right. Because the thousands of dollars can mount up. With Medicare Advantage, there is a cap, depending upon the plan you pick, right. and I think it's smart to actually pick a plan with a lower out-of-pocket cap if you're going that route, but um, you are going to have to pay out-of-pocket potentially sure. thousands of dollars. Um, that's for in-network care alone.
0: That's right. And so, only for
1: the medical and hospital piece, right? It's,
0: so you have Once the co-pays and the deductibles and all that stuff on the Medicare Advantage plan, just like you do with any kind of private health insurance program. With traditional Medicare, you don't have a copay or a deductible to me?
1: You, you don't if you have supplemental coverage in most okay, cases. there you go.
0: Okay. It's taken care of.
1: Gotcha. So once you have a supplemental coverage, you're not saying, should I go to the doctor? I can save a few hundred dollars if I don't go. In Medicare Advantage, you're always forced to make that calculus because- you got to dig deep into your pocket right. each time you go to the doctor or the hospital until you reach that in-network, out-of-pocket limit
0: that your plan sets. But with then- Medi- with Medicare Advantage, you also have the other, I'll say, disadvantage that those of us who are not yet eligible for Medicare have when you deal with a for-profit insurance provider, which is they can deny you services. They could say, nope, we're not covering that, that procedure, that drug, that doctor right?
1: Right. They can come between you and your doctor and they can decide, oh, you don't need that test. And they could take three weeks to decide. Mm -hmm. And it could be a very inappropriate decision. And we know from the office of the inspector general out of the Department of Health and Human Services that there is, quote, unquote, widespread, inappropriate delays and denials of care and Medicare Advantage. Now, that's not probably every single Medicare Advantage plan, Mm -hmm. but they don't tell us which ones are the bad actors and which ones may be doing better by their enrollees. So I say you're playing a game of Russian roulette. Sure. If you're unlucky, you're going to end up diagnosed with a serious condition and then you're going to try to get the care that you need from Sloan Kettering or from, you know, some specialist And either they're not going to be in the network or they will be in the network and you'll have to go through large administrative hurdles (laughs) and financial hurdles to get the care that you desperately need. And I was just reading last week a story, I think it was in Medscape, about, um, about how prior authorization requirements can really literally um, lead to people's deaths. And so one oncologist was saying that because the health insurer would not um, promptly authorize care, his patient's cancer spread, and he oh ended up god! Oh god. So I'm not, I don't want to say that that's every plan, every Medicare Advantage plan, but I what I can say is, unfortunately, nobody has the data to tell us Which ones are out there doing well by people with costly conditions and which ones are denying care inappropriately or delaying care inappropriately or not giving you access to the specialists that you need to treat your condition.
0: So there's no data available on that. So I can't do a search. I'm say I'm turning 65 next year. I want to look between these different Medicare Advantage plans to see which one is the best for covering cancer treatments and things like that. There, That's not available to us.
1: But not only is that not available, what I always say is if you want to pick one of these plans then find the one that says, we want you, if you have cancer or heart disease, uh-huh. find that one. <laughs> if there's one out there saying, we want you, if you have a complex condition, sign up, right. that's okay.
0: But they but don't because they if don't. If, silent on right? it, if they
1: won't, can't answer that question, then you should, you should think again, perhaps because, you need that care. That's the reason we have health insurance. Right. It's not only for today, it's for what might happen tomorrow. And we need that protection. Whereas in traditional Medicare, you you need to go to Sloan Kettering or MD Anderson or you need some particular specialty care or you need care in Montana because that's where your daughter lives, even though you live in Florida. You're going to get your care covered.
0: Well, but here's the thing with, because I live in Florida and I could, my husband is on a Medicare Advantage plan just because we can't afford the traditional Medicare with the gap policy. That's the way it's designed. And Medicare Advantage is just there. But it don't, won't cover him if he goes to another state. No,
1: it will not cover (laughs) him. It won't cover him if he goes to another county. county. Usually to another it's county. Very restricted. Yep. So it's, it's, and, and then even if it, it, sometimes it will cover, but it's it, sometimes it's such a hassle and you're already dealing with a serious illness. Right. And the co pays can add up to way more than the cost of supplemental coverage. So I understand, I mean, the problem with Medicare overall is that it doesn't cover all the costs of your care. You do have out-of-pocket costs, whether you're in traditional Medicare or you're in Medicare Advantage. But again, you have much more freedom to get the care you want in traditional Medicare so long as you sure. have the
0: supplement. Right However, now. So so some people are thinking, OK, well, I'm at the younger end of old age. I can do the Medicare advantage for a few years and then when it looks like, you know, I'm going to start needing more medical care, I'll switch over to a traditional Medicare program with a gap policy. Except it's not that easy, is it, Diane?
1: It is not that easy. And so I say two things to that. Number 1, you know, life happens. Curveballs mm. come mm-hmm. at you when you least expect it. So yes, you're young, you're you feel like you're healthy, you know, tomorrow is another day. So you have to be prepared for tomorrows. That's number one. Number two, to your point, is yes, you can switch to traditional Medicare during the annual open enrollment period, but you aren't guaranteed access to supplemental coverage. And in some states, there are four states in which you are guaranteed access. Uh, It's New York, Connecticut, Massachusetts. And I believe I think it's Maine. Maine. Exactly right. Maine. Those four states. But other than that, it's possible the insurer has a right to deny you coverage. If you there are some exceptions, if you move, if your panel of doctors leaves your network, I mean, always, you know, always look to the exceptions. If you're desperate, call Medicare, you know, put up a a fight um, to try to get the supplemental coverage. But as a general proposition, it's pretty hard to get that coverage when you develop a costly condition. You know, one more thing that that uh, you kind of alluded to, which is people do like to leave Medicare Advantage when they do get sick. And so there have been a couple of reports out in the last few years showing that people with costly conditions try to leave at disproportionately high rates. I'm sure at the end of life. Um, Try to leave at disproportionately high rates, people in rural communities. So that's evidence again that there's a high number of. Medicare Advantage plans that are not meeting the needs of people with costly conditions.
0: And again, the restrictions on if you want to leave, you have 63 days. In fact, you know, on your website at justcareusa.org, you have all kinds of information there. And I did find the section that explains about if you want to leave Medicare Advantage. And so this is what I was recording when you joined in. Let me just play this for you. It only takes about a minute and a half. But Here, it's a simple explanation. When you first enroll in Medicare at age 65 or later, you have the right to buy a Medigap policy of your choosing, regardless of your age or health, for six months during your initial enrollment period. You should buy the policy when you enroll in traditional Medicare to minimize your out-of-pocket costs. If you enroll in a Medicare Advantage plan when you're first eligible for Medicare at 65 or older, you have the right to buy a Medigap policy if you switch to traditional Medicare within 12 months up to six. Sixty-three days after you leave your Medicare Advantage plan, if you are enrolled in traditional Medicare with a Medigap policy and drop that policy to enroll in Medicare Advantage plan, you have the right to get that Medigap policy back. If you disenroll from your Medicare Advantage plan within 12 months of joining, but you must apply for coverage no later than sixty-three days after you leave the Medicare Advantage plan. If you live in Massachusetts, Minnesota, or Wisconsin, you always have the right to buy a Medigap policy, but the insurer can charge you more based on your health status. If you are not buying policy during your initial enrollment period, in Massachusetts, Maine, Connecticut, and Vermont, you always have the right to buy a Medigap policy, and the insurer cannot charge you more based on your health status. If your Medicare Advantage plan leaves, or you leave the area and you switch to traditional Medicare, you have a guaranteed right to buy a Medigap policy once you do so within sixty-three days of Plan coverage ending. If you have retired coverage from a former employer that fills gaps in traditional Medicare and that coverage ends, you have a guaranteed right to buy a Medicare policy. If your Medicare advantage plan is found not to comply with its legal obligations or somehow mislead you, you have a guaranteed right to buy a Medicare policy. If you're under 65 and Medicare because you're receiving Social Security disability income, you have no guaranteed right to buy a Medicare policy under federal law. There are a variety of standard Medicare plans, some of fill more gaps in coverage than others. It goes like that. So it's so simple, just easy. You you know, sixty three days after this, if you do that, if, if what what, and, and so it's not great, especially as people get older and don't uh, you know aren't great at navigating the computer and dealing with the million people on the phone. This is what it is. It's not easy. And what they need to do is make it simple, like Medicare for All might just be very simple. Okay, so that's Medicare and Medicare Advantage. Now they have this other thing called direct contracting?
1: Yeah. So, at the as you mentioned, at the end, the final year of uh, the Trump administration, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, which administer Medicare, um, decided it was going to try to privatize all of Medicare. Meaning it wanted to, quote unquote, experiment with traditional Medicare by allowing insurers and investors to manage care for people in traditional Medicare. And there were a few different initiatives that the Trump administration was thinking of launching or planning to launch, I should say. Uh Uh, The Biden administration took over and it stopped one of the initiatives initiatives uh, that would have enrolled everybody in a geographic area into one of these insurer or investor run um, managed care plans. But it did leave in place a different initiative that enrolls automatically anybody whose doctor is working for the investors and insurers who have contracted with the government to offer these services um, in traditional Medicare, um, these people are automatically enrolled into their managed care plans. So you may be enrolled if your doctor is working with or working for um, an insurance company or an investor-owned entity that has contracted with Medicare under this new initiative called direct contracting.
0: So how and do we know? How does it work? Right. Yeah. How, does it work? how would you know
1: and how would it work? Really great question. So how would you know? You should get some kind of letter in the mail. I don't know what it says. And I don't know whether even I would open it if I got it. Because what you, know, you get so much junk mail. Sure. And I imagine that you're going to see an envelope that has a name on it that you don't recognize. It could be very easy for you to just throw it out.
0: Um, and even more well, so if it comes in email, just, I, I don't open stuff from people. I don't know who they are or unsolicited, of course right?
1: Not. Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine it will come in the mail, right? but I can't even imagine what it says. And we I, I, I haven't been able to see what it says or whether it's in all in fine print or how it's done. But basically um, your doctor will be able to tell you whether, um, he or she is part of one of these direct contracting entities. And my best advice here is to opt out, which you do have a right to do. Now, shockingly, the government has the right to put you in it, but you do have the right to opt out. And what happens when you're in it? So some people think it's completely harmless for you if you are enrolled, because you do have the right to go out of the insurer or the investor's network and get your care covered. Mm -hmm. But what we also know is that the insurers and investors make more money the less care you receive. Sure. So their goal, much like the Medicare Advantage plans, and it really works like Medicare Advantage in this regard, is to take the money that it receives from the government to care for you and pocket as much of it as possible. And that, and their responsibility to their shareholders is to do that.
0: So to, ba- to back up for just a second, both yeah, of sure. these plans work this way, where the, the, the for-profit insurance company gets paid so much money for each Medicare patient who they take off the Medicare rolls and put on theirs. Whatever they don't spend, they keep. So it's in their best interests to not spend money on your care, to deny you services. The more they deny you, the more money they make
1: right. The more their their shareholders profit there you go, okay, so that is the that is uh, you know a really in, insane incentive. And that's why the insurers aren't out there saying, "We want you if you have cancer heart disease. You <laughs> cost them too much money, right? So, That's the problem. And what's so curious is why the government pays a fixed rate per person and not based on the cost of the services you're receiving, which would create a much better incentive on on their part to to protect your needs if you get sick, right? Right. But Because indirect contracting, again, the insurers are receiving this fixed rate. They are working with the doctors in their network to keep you in network and to keep your costs as low as possible. Now, in the best case scenario, they're managing your care and they're minimizing your costs and you're getting high value care. And I think that that's possible. Sure. But I can't point to a plan and tell you that's the plan that you're going to get, that you're going to sign up for, that's going to actually give you the care you need. And what I worry about, and I think what everybody should be worried about, is that you end up in this direct contracting entity, which is like an insurance company within traditional Medicare, and your primary care doctor says, Guess what? You're in this, and you know, you're gonna get a free gym membership. Right. And you can drop your Medigap. Oh yeah. And save money. Well, yeah, you can drop your Medigap and save money, but not if you want to go out of network and get care from the specialists you want to use, Right. not if, uh, not if you want to be protected financially.
0: Not if you want to go to Sloan Kettering. If you get cancer, it's not in network in this Medicare Advantage or direct contracting agreement you've been put into.
1: Exactly right. Exactly right. So, you really need to understand. And I I feel like this is way too great a burden to put on people with Medicare, um, especially the people who have chosen to stay in the government administered program. But um, you should keep your Medigap and you, or your Medicaid, which protects you just the same. And um, you do have the right to opt out of this program. And I think um, that it, It probably will be in your interest to do so, but certainly you don't want to give up your Medigap and um, you certainly want to be on notice of what's what's happening and why, if you're not able to see the specialists, you think you need to see why that might be.
0: So so if somebody is again, the, the open enrollment period ends tomorrow, say somebody thought, oh, they listened to William Shatner or one of these guys pitch them on television, say, oh, that sounds like a great deal. They're listening to this today and they go, oh, my God, that's not what I want. I want to make sure I'm covered. What can they still do in the, in the day and a half they have left? Well, great question.
1: First of all, they still have a right to choose a different option to go to traditional medicare or whatever it is but you do you can keep switching until December 7th and then between January and March if you do end up in one of these plans and you're not happy you also have a right to switch
0: out ah so January and March okay so if you you don't get it done by the end of the day December 7th you can wait to, between January and March there's another period where you can make the changes
1: Yes. However, but. you then also may you know, risk not being able to get the Medicare supplemental coverage wow. that you need.
0: And who makes yeah. that determination, though? The insurance
1: companies decide uh, uh. whether based on your health status, they want to issue you insurance. And then secondly, again, depending on the state you live in, what they can charge you uh, because of your health.
0: Wow. Now, if I remember correctly, Wendell Potter has been a frequent guest on my show for many years since we were fighting over the Affordable Care Act. And he also believes Medicare for all is the optimum way to go. He's made the point over and over again that the for-profit insurance companies are there looking for their bottom line. You want to make sure that you're getting the best care available. And what you're telling us, Diane, is that there is no comparison shopping to find out which of these plans will actually take care of you if you need the services that supposedly you're being insured for.
1: Yes. And I want to raise a couple more things. Number one, I work very closely with Wendell. He's fantastic. I'm glad he's been on the show. Um, And two, um, you may think that the star rating system that Medicare has for the Medicare Advantage plans Mm -hmm. is is what you can count on. And I say five stars means almost nothing. Five stars does not mean you're not going to face enormous headaches getting necessary care. And enormous costs getting necessary care. I think you should definitely avoid the one, two, and three star plans, that's for sure. Sure. But the four and five star ones are still not any indicator of whether your needs will be met if you develop a costly and complex condition.
0: Should you ask your doctors, like, which plans are better at paying or which ones they work with better? Is that one way to go? If you, I think, I think I that's mean-
1: a really good idea, actually, Nicole. I think it's just talk to your doctor. Ask your doctor um, whether uh, the doctor feels that the Medicare Advantage plan that you're thinking of joining or that you've joined um, is uh, will come between you and your doctor in terms of your needs and right. undermine your health in the process or whether the doctor believes that uh, you can get the care that you need if you join a particular
0: plan. You know, Diana, I've often, of long for years, referred to the for-profit health insurance industry as government-sanctioned extortionists, because you have to pay. If you don't pay, well, then you're screwed. And we've all seen, you know, the, the breaks. If you don't have insurance, what it will cost you service. And then you see what your insurance negotiated price is, what your insurance company winds up paying, which in some cases is, you know, like 10 bucks for something that we'd have to pay a couple of thousand for. I mean, I've seen it that extreme and I battled lung cancer five years ago. So I have seen this. And at the time I only had insurance because the affordable care act had passed because I'm an independent contractor. I was on my own with a, with a history you know, the the pre-existing conditions no longer exist, but it's something they still look at, right?
1: Absolutely. So, I mean, thankfully now, um, health insurers can't discriminate against you based on your health and and must take you in most situations. Um, But yes, they keep close track of your health status. And in fact, one of the big issues with Medicare Advantage that maybe we want to take a minute to talk about is that they get paid that fixed rate we talked about, but they get paid a higher rate, the more diagnosis code diagnosis codes that the doctor puts in with your name. So even if you're not getting any additional services, even if you're relatively healthy, if the doctor can check some boxes that show that you have these additional health, potential health issues or health issues, the Medicare Advantage plan gets paid more. And one of the big problems as a result of that is that we are prematurely draining the Medicare trust fund because the Medicare Advantage plans have been paid literally hundreds of billions of dollars more than appropriate. And it is projected that in the next eight years they're gonna get paid again, several hundred billion dollars more than appropriate because of the way they um, diagnose their enrollees. And that is real money that could be going to better health care, but is instead largely being pocketed by these health plans and um, is also not only draining the Medicare trust fund, but driving up Medicare Part B premiums for everyone. Oh my God. So it's a big problem. Wendell Potter and I have been working on this. Um, Congress needs to address it. Um, uh, But these overpayments are going to end eventually. Um, And when they do, It's going to be at a huge cost to everyone with Medicare.
0: Sure. And And because those costs will be passed along. This is socialized medicine, socialism for the insurance companies, because they're getting so much money and then they get to dole out how much they want to give you of the money they collect to take care of your needs. And again it seems like there's no oversight. So why is Washington so quiet on all this? I know many of us have been fighting for Medicare for all for a single payer Medicare system so that I don't have to wait till I'm 65 I can get on Medicare now. But it, they're moving in the wrong direction. In fact, there was a big event uh, Physicians for a National Health Plan went to Washington just this week, last week, January, uh, December 1st, to present a petition to say stop with this direct contracting stuff. Right. And yet, if apparently, if you talk to members of Congress, most of them have no clue what's going on.
1: Right. Well, what's crazy here is that when the Affordable Care Act was passed, Congress gave the Department of Health and Human Services, Center for Medicare, Medicaid Services, um, authority to experiment with Medicare. (laughs) And the idea was, you know, there are innovative ways that the government could manage care and we should be looking at those, especially ways that could save money or could improve quality. So that was the goal. And it's one thing though, to experiment. It's another thing to roll out a program that could literally cover everyone with traditional Medicare before any results have come in from the experiment, which is the big risk here. Um, and and just to add to that, it's hard to even understand how the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services could be launching an experiment using insurers and traditional Medicare on the theory that they could, quote unquote, save money when MedPAC, the Medicare payment Advisory Commission, which oversees Medicare and which looks at Medicare Advantage plans every year, has said that since its inception, Medicare Advantage, year after year, every single year, has cost the government more per person than traditional Medicare. So we already know that cost is not – there's no savings to be had here. There's nothing – about direct contracting that's different in a meaningful way, you know, from Medicare Advantage. So the cost savings should should be assumed not to be there. And then on the quality front, what we know from the Medicare Payment Advisory Commission is that even though the Medicare Advantage plans are required to turn over data for the government to assess quality, that it has never been able to get Accurate and complete data to appropriately assess quality. That's what the government agency overseeing Medicare says in Medicare Advantage. So if it's never been able to do so for the last, I think, 17 years with Medicare Advantage, how is it possibly going to do so? With direct contracting, when it basically works exactly the same way,
0: but the difference, so kind of- but the difference is Medicare Advantage. It's these health insurance companies who are administering it. With the direct contracting, in some cases, they're like venture capitalist firms. They're not healthcare providers and they're not insurance companies. These are companies that have nothing in the healthcare field other than investments. If fair. I'm reading it correctly, that's
1: fair. you know, I think that's exactly fair. So they're just waiting to be bought up by an insurer. Wow. Yeah. And the other piece that we didn't even talk about is that once they've been assigned all of these people in traditional Medicare, to the extent that they're insurers or investors that are bought by insurers, if the insurers feel like they can make more money on people in Medicare Advantage They'll be doing whatever they can do to right. move people over to the Medicare Advantage side. Wow! They don't have to actually. I mean, at least in Medicare Advantage, you have to sign up most of the time, unless unless your company your your former employer signs you up. Um, but it's it's an active act to sign up, whereas in this experiment with direct contracting, the government is just signing you up based on who your doctor is and whether that doctor is associated with a direct contracting entity.
0: Wow. So this comes through the Centers for Medicare and CMS is the Medicare, right? So who is on our side at CMS or somebody negotiating with them or representing us? Who Who is fighting for us against this? Anybody? Other than you guys? (laughs)
1: um, We worked with Congressman Mark Pocan's Uh office, Katie Porter's office, Pascrell and Doggett's office um, on this um, several months ago now. And they wrote a letter to CMS saying, you know, stop this, hit the pause button, this isn't working. And as far as I know, they've never heard back from CMS. Oh my God. Um, We do not know. What is going on? Although what we do know, and this gets back to your earlier comment, is that there is just an incredible amount of industry pressure, Wall Street pressure on Congress and the White House to um, you know to to fill up that money machine um, with Medicare money, and um, there seems to be less inclination on the part of our representatives in Congress and the White House to stop that from happening.
0: So while we've been thinking that, you know, along with the Build Back Better Act and all this, and Bernie Sanders has been fighting for Medicare for All, we've been thinking that we're moving in that direction. At least that's where the pressure has been. Joe Biden actually never fully uh, embraced it, but at least seemed to be more uh, amenable to it than he was before. And then the next thing we know, first of all, all, um, anything relating to Medicare for all is gone from this legislation. We're not hearing about it at all. And now we hear that the Biden administration is actively moving forward with this, and it's very disconcerting. I don't want to make things worse for them, because, um, you know, right now we've got two choices, <laughs> it's the Democrats or the Republicans, and uh, I I I will take the Democrats any day, but my goodness, they've got to do better. This is not okay. So what do we need to do? Just reach out to our members of Congress and our senators?
1: I think absolutely. I think what we need to do is raise some help and say, you know, don't move us into um, an insurance industry managed um, company if we've signed up for traditional Medicare. You know, if you want to experiment with alternative ways of delivering care that involve insurers or investors, do it on the Medicare Advantage side. Let people actively, voluntarily sign up, but don't involuntarily put me in um, an insurance managed system that could easily jeopardize my access to care.
0: There's so much to be aware of, you know, and the the really depressing thing is, you know, we have the TV on the news a lot and every single commercial is one of these Medicare Advantage things that you used to at least see some ads for a regular like a Medigap plan. Those don't exist in commercials anymore because I guess no insurance company wants to push that because they're not as lucrative for them.
1: No question that the money is all in Medicare Advantage and in these new direct contracting entities. And it's literally tens of billions of dollars or hundreds of billions of dollars a year. And Wall Street is chomping at the bit
0: Amazing.
1: To, to take over Medicare.
0: And when you think that, okay, so at least the ads will end tomorrow because the end of open enrollment, they don't end. We we Last year, my husband and I were like, why are these still on? I thought the open enrollment period's gone. Maybe that's because you have the period between January and March where you can still make changes.
1: Maybe, maybe they just want to keep reminding huh. you that they're there for you. But again, you know, You don't, you wouldn't believe somebody who wanted to sell you the Brooklyn Bridge for a quarter. Right. This is just, you get, maybe you'll get lucky. I don't want to suggest, you know, that they're all, you know, terrible. Um, But the problem is you just are throwing a dart. You don't don't
0: know know until you get sick and then it's too late.
1: You get sick and it's actually even worse than that because- the health plan you sign up for, the doctors in the network, the hospitals. Let's say you do know that tomorrow they, they could, could be change. a whole different set. That's right. So they can leave at any time. Also, the insurers, you know, executives, you know, the people who are who are who are sort of setting setting the rules of the game. Maybe they're good guys and they want you to get good care. Mm-hmm. Maybe tomorrow they're replaced by people who don't feel the same way. That's right. Maybe the insurance company that's doing well by you today gets bought by an insurance company that has no interest in doing well. You have no control over any of that. You can leave. Yep. You can not leave when things change in a dramatic way. And you should be aware of that. But it's hard. It's just hard. And as we've discussed, getting the Medigap can be really hard.
0: Yes. Uh, and, and that goes back to the, the the passage that I read that sped up as I went along. Um, I'm going to post that page, which I got from your website at JustCareUSA.org. I'm going to post that because it does explain what you need to do in each situation should you want to try to get back on traditional Medicare with a Medigap plan when you can, and it's really, you know, within so many months after 63 days, and it's just, it's insane, but at least there are some rules there. So you can see what you're up against.
1: Yes. And I want to say actually a couple more things. So um, the Medigap is expensive, but you can buy these um, Medigap plans that are less expensive that have like a higher deductible. Uh Now who wants that? Okay. It's not as good as one without a higher deductible, But it's better, again, than the $5,000 you might pay out of pocket in the Medicare Advantage plan, and you will have access to the doctor's That you want to see when you need to see them, and without the administrative hurdles that you face. So, I think that's a really, really important point for people to keep in mind. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to say one thing also about Medicare Advantage and the Medicare benefits that they offer. Okay, Medicare Advantage is required to offer all the benefits that are available in the government-administered plan. So that's the good news, but What they don't tell you is that benefits are different from services. So, yes, they have to cover your care in hospital. They have to cover your cancer care generically. But they might say, well, we'll cover your X-ray, but we're not going to cover your MRI, Or we're not going to cover your MRI until you've had an X-ray and a CAT
0: scan.
1: Or we'll cover your physical therapy, but we're going to give you three visits. Whereas in traditional Medicare, maybe you'll get 20 visits. So yes, it's the same benefits, but it may be very, very different services. And you know, in traditional Medicare, you're going to get the services your doctor thinks you need and the full number of them in Medicare Advantage you don't necessarily, you don't really know what services they're going to approve. So it may be that you're not really getting the same thing. And then as for the additional benefits, for example, uh, the hearing aids that sometimes, you know, appeal to people, the dental care. One paper showed that because the out-of-pocket costs in Medicare Advantage in most cases is so high, so even though they cover something um, when it comes to dental care, your out-of-pocket costs are so high that people in traditional Medicare access the dental care without insurance to the same degree as people in Medicare Advantage. And I,
0: I can tell you from experience, because my husband's on a Medicare Advantage plan, the dental coverage sucks. You're limited into who you can go to. So it's often the, you know, the really cheap clinic that's available. And the same thing with vision. He can go to a certain number of eye doctors and he's so limited that it makes it not worthwhile. It makes it so like, I, I don't want to go there. You, you don't have a choice. So, yeah, they say vision and dentals included, but not really.
1: And, and again, not some of them may be a little better, uh-huh. but in a lot of them, you know, look, if that's why you're signing up, look to make sure that you're actually going to get something that you want um, and you can afford because out-of-pocket costs tend to be high for those benefits.
0: Right. And again, a big warning here is, and it goes back to the passage that I read that I'll post on the blog along with the show. If you decide you, you try out Medicare Advantage and you realize, Oh my God, this is not working for me to get back to traditional Medicare. You can do, but it's not going to be easy to get that Medigap gap. Policy to fill in the 20%. But
1: at the very least, the government should have an out of pocket cap in traditional Medicare. And if you are speaking to your member of Congress about direct contracting to oppose that, it would be wise to also say, and you should give us an out of pocket cap in traditional Medicare. It's in Medicare Advantage, give it it to us in traditional Medicare. Let's have a level playing field here.
0: Diane Archer, I can't thank you enough for all the information. I wish we had better things to share with the listeners to tell them how you can get great health care. You can. Medicare is great. I have a friend who's a regular on this program. Every Thursday, Howie Klein is my guest, and he battled a very rare form of cancer some years ago. And thanks to Medicare, he's like, I stopped looking at the bills when my, my care passed the $2 million mark. He said Medicare has been Awesome but he is traditional Medicare with a Medicare gap policy and he's never had an issue. He loves it. And it's, he's had a lot of treatment over the years. So, I mean, that is the way to go. We are being fed this other thing that yeah, on the surface may be cheaper, but in the long run, it could cost you a whole lot. Well said. Diane Archer, thank you so much. Uh, The website is JustCareUSA.org. Of course, you work with our friend Alex and the gang over at Social Security Works. Thank you so much for the work you're doing. Again, the Medicare open enrollment period ended on Tuesday, but there is a special period in which you can make changes between January and March. And for those of us under 65 without insurance, check out healthcare.gov or your state exchange if you have one. Biden's pandemic relief increased the subsidies So there are some very inexpensive but really good health insurance policies available right now. To be covered by January 1st, you must enroll by December 15th. All right, that does it for this episode of The Bradcast. I'm Nicole Sandler of NicoleSandler.com. Come by and visit us over there sometime. Until next time. (laughs) Oh, we need it now. Good luck, world.